Welcome to Newcomers to Trailblazers podcast show. I am your host Monisha where we bring you incredible stories of individuals who overcome extraordinary challenges and made a difference in their communities. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. Austin's story is nothing short of inspiring. Imagine leaving behind everything you know and love and moving to a foreign country with your spouse and three children. Now they have four all in search of a better life. That's exactly what Austin did when he and his family relocated from Nigeria to Canada. As an English major and transportation professional, Austin had to navigate a completely unfamiliar world. From the culture and behavior to the housing market and education system. But instead of allowing these obstacles to hinder him, he rose above them and became a pillar of support for his community, serving as the public relations officer. Not only that, Austin's family had a cancer support non-profit in Nigeria, providing moral, financial and any other support possible to those who in need. Today, his incredible wife is associated with the non-profit supporting immigrant women continuing their mission of making a difference in the lives of others. Prepare to be moved by Austin's resilience, compassion and unwavering determination to create a better future for himself, his family and those around him everywhere. Hi Austin, how are you? Hi Bonisha, it's great to be here. How are you? I am good. It is a Sunday and how has Sunday been for you? Sunday has been good. Um for us, it's a day of, um, you know, worship, going to church and all of that. Um, but I, I've been a little busy doing stuff since um, since this morning. So, okay. yeah, so I'm glad to be here basically. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, now that we are here, a very simple question. Can you share with us where you're originally from and tell us a bit about your background and your home country? Well, um, you already said a bit of it in your introduction. I am from Nigeria, uh, originally from the southeastern part. And although I lived in the western part of Nigeria where I went to school, where I also um, did all my work in terms of career and all of that. And I have a background in English, mass communication, and transportation uh, management and planning. I mostly worked in transportation uh, for the better part of my career, working career. Uh, So yeah, I relocated to Canada with my family in 2018. And uh, we've been in British Columbia since um, we relocated here. Okay, that's amazing. All parts of Nigeria to British Columbia it must have been a journey. So now that I have mentioned it must, must have been a journey, moving to a new country can come with a lot of challenging experiences, right? So of course, there are culture shocks and adjustments that you and your family must go through as immigrants. Um, you have four children now. I'm sure they had their challenges. So what kind of challenges did you and your family go through as a first generation immigrant? Well, um, a bit of here and there, you know, um, we came in at a time when uh, school was on holiday, it was summer, so, you know, it was just um, a fun period for the better part of that period. And um, until, you know, the weather started to change, school has started and uh, 
at, at the time we didn't have a car yet. Uh, you know, we had to be faced with some harsh realities of having to walk the children to school sometimes in the rain, you know, some of the weather conditions started to change really badly. Sometimes it's really cold. And these are this, these are conditions they're not exactly used to. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that challenge uh, forced us to make some uh, moves. Uh, one of them was you know, definitely trying to get a car so we can uh, get to move them around safely uh, because uh, we were scared of the uh, incoming winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've heard a lot about it. We've not really lived in those conditions. So, yeah, that, that period had its uh, challenges in terms of the weather. You know, they also had to do some bit of adjusting uh, in terms of their uh, feeding habits, you know, a lot of other things, and um, getting to understand, you know, the changes around them. Okay. Um, I am also from a country, at least part of a country, where I have never experienced winter before. Uh, The winter I have experienced is 26 degrees Celsius, which is actually summer here. And (laughs) just like any other immigrant, I was so scared in the beginning. I can relate to what you are saying. It must have been a terror, especially having to walk your kids in winter, in the rain, to the school. I know, I I understand what challenges it must have been. Being an immigrant and a parent, what were the challenges that your children faced? You had your challenges, I'm sure. But what challenges did your children face adapting to a new country? And how did they handle the move? Like, what was their experience like? Oh, yeah. Um, The challenges, um, I would say, they are ongoing uh, because uh, it's coming from different angles. It's, um, you know, you have the academic aspect, you have the social aspect, you have the psychological part of it. And uh, getting into school and, well, the reality is finding themselves to be maybe the only people who look like they do. Mm. Um, you know, is a stark reality. And um, while we uh, consciously make them to not see themselves as different, uh, I cannot exactly say the same about what they experience in school because they have situations where uh, at the earlier times some of their mates would ask them if they were actually living with monkeys, if uh, they were, you know, living on trees and, you know, they were there swinging from tree to tree and stuff like that. And these are kids who actually grew up in the city, who are used to a lot of amenities and facilities that we see around us. They know about, they see cars, they see high rises, they see, you know, virtually everything you see in the city that we have in our city and that's where they grew up. So coming here and being uh, facing questions like how familiar are you with some of these things, you know, they found it absurd. Uh, we as adults understood that these are kids who will understand as well other people's worldviews or, you know, their realities. So we try to get them to uh, not feel you know, offended or discouraged uh, when they encounter such situations. So. Basically, yes, they've had those experiences. Uh, we keep teaching them, letting them understand that we're in, a, we're in an environment where everyone is welcome. And we are all, you know, the idea of um, diversity, inclusion, equity, a lot of that. Taking a while, but 
such a stereotyped uh, expectation right just like any other culture where i come from it is considered that we eat spicy food that's all the thing we know and uh, it is so stereotyping and it is so hurtful when other kids say hey have you lived with the animals and what they don't realize is just like any other continent the african continent is well developed they have their cities they have their sky rises just like you mentioned they have wonderful facilities and amenities and it is so misunderstood in so many places which is very disrespectful and i'm glad that you are able to teach your kids about inclusion in such a very young age and the differences that they see and i'm so glad and and i actually thank you for that now that community engagement you have been actively involved and it is crucial for growth and any development of any society right so how actively are you engaged in your local community and what kind of initiatives or organizations do you support coming into bc we actually came in at a time we didn't have friends here we didn't know anybody we just you know um settlers who just wanted to you know come in drive and then uh, gradually we started getting um to know some of our own and uh, what they do and uh, the kind of uh, communities and engagements that uh, were, were happening. And uh, we, while I got involved with my community, my ethnic community, uh, trying to galvanize uh, people, you know, understand the need for us to be uh, unified in what we do, and if we can get together and um, create a path forward for every one of us. Uh, my wife uh, has also been involved in community uh, development issues, like uh, she uh, served with the Canadian Cancer Society as the communications lead for about four years. Then she got involved in another um, non-profit that she actually founded to support immigrant women to uh, be able to point them to resources that can help their settlement um, needs. And um, while you know she's doing that, I to get involved in the leadership of my community uh, group and uh, as the public relations officer, and we are working with my other leaders and uh, the entire members to. Uh, provide a better kind of engagement for our people and uh, we, we have plans to also you know expand this engagement to government circles and other areas so that uh, we can bring much needed support to our community in uh, various aspects of uh, our existence in this part. That's amazing work. I believe, just like any other, when a country gives to you, it is also very important that you give back to the country and the people who have been supporting you since you moved. And it is an amazing cause that you're working towards. I have a special question for you. As an immigrant, now that you have settled in Canada, what advice would you give to newcomers, asylum seekers and refugees who are starting their journey here? Especially, what resources or strategies have you found helpful in navigating a new country and culture? Well, I find the uh, system here to be uh, very welcoming. I remember our first uh, few months and years here, um, how a lot of organizations, a lot of um, individuals were uh, so uh, receptive and happy to support us. Some people would really 
I'm sure a lot of support and empathy and we want to share in our stories and we want to point us to resources. So uh, quite a few um, organizations uh, like the ISS of uh, BC, uh, you have diversity sources, you know, if you're in those places, I know they provide a lot of services for immigrants. And um, for um, refugee claimants, I've had interactions with the, there are also a lot of support services that um, help them with their claims and what they, you know, want to, uh, their, their needs to go through their hearing and stay back, uh, especially uh, with providing legal assistance, there is a legal aid which uh, I believe the government funds mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. support, you know, uh, such groups. And it's a lot what the government is doing, really, uh, through different bodies, through different non-profits, through different agencies to support um, newcomers. And uh, it's so welcoming. And I would say, um, whatever pathway you choose to come in or you're coming in by, ask questions uh, because there are resources to support you every step of the way. That's amazing. In fact, now that you have mentioned ISS of BC, I was also one of the clients of ISS of BC. And that is one of the reasons I have the job that I have. I was part of a career paths program and they have changed my life in many ways. Not wouldn't have been possible uh, without their support. So I totally agree. And yes, there are multiple resources available. Now that we have been speaking about resources, I would like to shed a light on with something very specific. Could you share with us what kind of support and resources that the BC government provides for asylum seekers? And how does this aid their integration into Canadian society? There is, a, like I mentioned, ISS of BC. I remember at the office, you have, uh, uh, they organize a lot of uh, training programs, a lot of, uh, you know, seminars to um, educate uh, this group about what they should be doing. Uh, There are um, information booklets that um, are given to them so that they know what they can do and the resources they can access. I mentioned the legal aid, for instance, because that is one of the first steps, like getting um, legal support to be able to push your case and um, to to be able to prepare your your documents for what you call it for your hearing because you definitely need a lawyer to be to represent you so uh, that is uh, one of the first stages and then when you when you're settling in the, uh, you need to get your work permits and you know a few other documentations that uh, would grant you at least some form of temporary residency and. Uh, the body again, like ISS of BC, I know, uh, supports um, a lot of such moves. And uh, uh, in our early days too, because when we needed, when we were confused about certain uh, documentation stuff like that, you could always go to them. They are always there, ready to help, providing you know assistance one way or the other, and uh, it can always point you to resources where you can go. Uh, get a lot of things in terms of uh, whether it's work permits, whether it's um, accommodation, different kinds of support. Yeah, they 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 really um, did do a lot for uh, people 
thank you bc government for doing all of this for people who are coming from different parts of the world mm-hmm. i think without the support that government has given uh, without the funding and without all the non profits that are out there it is going to be extremely crucial and difficult for asylum seekers refugees and skilled immigrants to settle into canada and i like you specifically mentioned bc government is doing multiple things and i'm very happy that i am in this province and i'm able to access the resources those are available to me and i am sure so does many other uh, immigrants feel that way you mentioned that your wife was involved in children's cancer nonprofit mm-hmm. has she moved her passion now what kind of initiatives or nonprofit projects she is currently involved in canada Yeah uh, so back in Nigeria she uh, was actively you know, running this uh, non-profit for childhood cancer and the whole idea was to support children who are battling cancer because uh, we have a cancer survivor um, as one of our kids and because we went through that um, experience we understood what it meant for parents and for the children and for other caregivers so um, i supported her in, in you know, the course of running this place and uh, you know she did most of the job but basically we're there to support other families uh, provide for provide um, medication and other kinds of create awareness in different ways to bring attention to the issue and uh, to help the parents uh, understand that they need to watch out for the signs early and uh, early detection uh, is always uh, the key So I'm um, coming to Canada um we've been you know trying to do stuff with the the foundation is still there but not as active as you know it used to be it used to be mm-hmm. we have plans to um revamp it and um you know um, try to get it back to the level if not better than it was before even though um, right now uh, she's focused on supporting immigrant women with the um, non-profit she's running here uh, it's called Sisters of Canada and um, basically she's trying to create a safe space for immigrant women from all walks of life from you know um, different backgrounds to help them get better integrated into the Canadian system and society that's passion right there people think about it she is working she has worked for cancer benefit she was working here for a cancer society of canada and now she has her own non-profit which is called sisters in canada and she is helping immigrant women identify and help through and understand what is going on so that is passion right there and i'm so so very happy for her i would love to meet her one day i am also part of the sister in canada so i would love to meet her one day and i would love to have a chat with her now that we have spoken about a lot of things austin we have spoken about your life we have spoken about what kind of resources are available we have spoken about how difficult it was for you when you moved as an immigrant that you have been contributing to the society your wife has been contributing to so many women and so many uh, medical causes and i'm so so glad i got to meet people like this who are making a change making a impactful change not just any change 
change right it is an impactful change and i'm so so glad i get to you know invite you here and share your experiences i am sure all of our listeners are very excited and they want to know more if you want to know more about austin or you want to connect with austin you can always follow him on linkedin and he is slightly inactive but he can be active for you all <laughs> and he will connect with you and he is going to help you in any way possible thank you thank you so much austin yeah um, on a last note i also wanted you you talked briefly about um, support for skilled immigrants and mm-hmm. this is another aspect of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the um, government over here that it's so 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 nice uh you have a few places like one pc mosaic mm-hmm. you know sources speaks that actually uh, have programs in place to support skilled immigrants especially i mean you cannot go wrong if you go to them you definitely find um something that that works for you if not immediately but on the long run thank you there you go we have more resources down the line work bc iss of bc mosaic and i don't know who not back in motion so yes for any other resources or if you have a question directly to austin please feel free to reach out thank you thank you austin for being a guest on our podcast show newcomers to trailblazers your trailblazing spirit is truly inspiring and we are thrilled to have you here we had an incredible time with you as you shared your journey and valuable tips to our listeners thank you for tuning in if you haven't subscribed yet we encourage you to do so we release episodes bi-weekly and can be found on google podcast apple podcast and spotify don't forget to follow us on instagram and linkedin for more exciting updates take care and ciao thank you very well